Hey, what's going on? Thanks for tuning in to the E-Wang Bang Podcast for another Warrior Wang Bang Wednesday episode. This is your host, Emil Wang, coming to you with no intro music, no outro music, no James Liao. Today will be a solo episode. We here at the E-Wang Bang Podcast are very disappointed in the outcome of Game 2 against the Los Angeles Clippers. And we have decided as a form of protest that this podcast will be very short, very low budget, unedited, raw. You get the point. Uh, I know there's a lot to cover. However, uh, like I said, this episode is going to be pretty short. I'm fighting a little bit of a cold and also uh, wanted to save some of the good stuff for later the series or next round. Uh, I'll I'll say it up front. I'm not super concerned that the Warriors are going to be losing this series. Um, however, if anything really does get into, into the danger zone, uh, James and I will be doing a, a preview pod on that. Uh, so let's start with the events that happened tonight. Warriors were up by 31 with 19 minutes left in the game, uh, and the LA Clippers ended up winning by four points. Now, what's crazy about this is that over the course of the final 19 minutes, the LA Clippers scored 76 points. Uh, the majority of those on two-pointers. Uh, I think there was only four, four or five three-pointers made over the course of the of those 19 minutes. One of them, obviously, being the uh, the clutch shot by uh, by Landry Shamit. However, I, this goes back to another one of those time management things that just drives me absolute bonkers. Uh, I, I've talked about this on the pod before for basketball, and you know, and it's also kind of a recurring theme for football as well. If you think about it, with 19 minutes left, the Warriors literally could have walked the ball up, held the ball for 24 seconds, and jacked the shot. Even if they made, let's say, I don't know, 10% of those shots, uh, that would have been enough for them to score points, get back, set up, play decent defense, and really drain the clock enough such, such that even if the Clippers scored on, you know, 45, 50% of their possessions coming back the other way, there just wouldn't have been enough time for them to overcome this, which again, it just drives me nuts that there just isn't good clock management in this game today. I, I mean, for how much money the Warriors probably make, you, you don't think that you would think that they'd be able to, you know, run over to UC Berkeley or Stanford and hire just some, some, engineering student to to figure this shit out uh, i really think that you know effort talent turnovers aside clock management really is one of the major issues that the warriors really need to look at if they want to kind of nurse a lead uh and, and preserve their players so that, that's my first thought second thought is about turnovers the Warriors have turned the ball over for I think it's something like 42 times over the over the course of the first two games against any playoff team that's already unacceptable against a playoff team that's basically playing with house money uh, a team that feels like they shouldn't be there and and honestly a team full of bulldogs that you know are just playing hard you can't give them any opportunities you can't give them any any more possessions for them to score because realistically, you know, the Clippers are not as talented as the Warriors are, but we know they play hard. We know they're going to die for loose balls. We know that they're going to get out on the break uh, and run hard. So for a Warrior team that is, let's face it, lacks lacks a days goal on getting back on defense, 
we cannot turn the ball over. We cannot have these live ball turnovers off of, you know, sloppy passes into the lane that, you know, are, are essentially a pick six in the other direction. I know Kevin Durant uh, in game two had nine turnovers. Uh, four of those were offensive fouls, which, you know, obviously he could have controlled a little bit better. But those are more or less not so much live ball turnovers. But regardless, five turnovers uh, in the game, it's still not going to cut it against really any playoff caliber team. Uh, always the same story, Warriors with turnovers. And just when they're not focused, this is what happens. And, and you can just... We just really only hope that they're only doing this because they know they're playing a team, that they're better. And this sort of stuff won't happen when they have to be locked in and focused against a better team like the Houston Rockets, who we very potentially will be playing next round. Um, the, the next point I wanted to bring up was the big man rotation. I, I know that, you know, I haven't touched on this yet, but the boogie in- injury is really sad. Um, it, it is... Uh, it's tough to see a guy who's rehabbed so hard and finally made it to the playoffs for the first time in his uh, 10-year career, only for him to last one full game and basically uh, injure himself four minutes into the second one. So really hope he uh, he's able to make a speedy recovery and be back in the NBA sometime soon. That being said, I personally am a little bit relieved in the sense that, you know, losing to Marcus Cousins means there's just one less ego that Kerr and the and the coaching staff needs to worry about. You know, one of the things that's come up early in the series, you could even see it in game one, was that Boogie was getting torched on defense and he had to get yanked early. You know, there was no way he was he was able to, you know, keep in front of any, any quicker guards off those pick and rolls. So him not being uh, in this series anymore and really on, on this team moving forward is somewhat of a relief in the sense that Kerr doesn't need to worry about managing his ego and worrying about his feelings and engagement if he gets yanked early. Uh, most likely Andrew Bogut is going to be in the starting lineup now, uh, backed up by Kevon Looney. And, and both of these guys are real pros. They know, they understand the situations they they aren't necessarily playing for that next big contract, uh, though I obviously both of them are free agents at the end of the season. Uh, I am looking forward to you know Kerr focusing on you know doing what's right and not worrying about you know am I going to hurt Boogie's feelings? So matchup wise, yeah, Andrew Bogut, we know what he can bring to the table. He he looks a lot better than he did you know those that that last uh, those last couple seasons when he wasn't on the Warriors. Uh, he slimmed down a lot. He looks a lot more mobile. Probably not going to be able to switch onto guards as well as Kevon Looney does, but we know that he brings that toughness. He's great when it comes to positioning, and he's he's great on the shot blocking. I mean, he we've seen it already in in the you know twenty or so games that he's played that he really is that defensive force that the Warriors haven't had for a really long time. Like Kevon Looney, all, you know, we know what he can bring. He's great on the uh, pick and roll switches. Uh, he, he showed that last year against Chris Paul and James Harden. And this is going to become very important in uh, as the series goes on because, and for my final point, uh, or uh, second to last point, uh, the pick and roll play between Lou Williams and Montrez Harrell has just been outstanding. Uh, they've combined for 100 points off the bench for the first two games. And really, against you know 
bad defensive guards and bad defensive big men. You know, they're just going to eat them up. And, you know, Quinn Cook and DeMarcus Cousins trying to stay in front of them in that game one was just an absolute disaster. Overall, I, I think, you know, Clay has defended Lou Williams pretty well. Um, the, the Lou Williams going off in that last game was, I don't want to call it a bit of an anomaly, but I don't think Lou Williams is going to shoot that well every game, especially with the way that Clay was guarding him. Clay was staying in front of him, forcing him to take off-balance shots, and you know the fact is they they just went in. And you know, hats off to Lou Williams. I just don't think that's going to happen every game. Uh, on the opposite end, uh, I, I for for Montrez Harrell, I, I'm a little I'm a little curious to see if Kerr switches up his uh, rotations a little bit, maybe put align Draymond's minutes a little bit more with Montrez Harrell. Uh, obviously, that doesn't mean that Draymond's going to come off the bench, but possibly yanking Draymond a little bit earlier in the first quarter, maybe in the first few minutes and putting him back in once Montrez Harrell's back in the game. Because really, I, I think he's the only one that can really keep up with Montrez's Harrell's athleticism. Uh, there's really, you know, Looney and Bogut won't be able to do that. Uh, and Jordan Bell possibly can, but we, we all know that Jordan Bell's not really a reliable player. I want to wrap this up talking about Kevin Durant. I know Kevin Durant, you know, if you look at the final box score, Kevin Durant only took eight shots. Um, uh, that's been a little bit exaggerated in terms of, you know, Kevin Durant being too passive. I mean, I do want to point out he still shot 12 free throws. But it, this whole Kevin Durant being a, a distributor, a facilitator thing has been a little bit strange. James and I talked, uh, touched on this last podcast Still not really sure if this is a you know product of the system sort of thing or a, a coaching request. Um, the, the reality is I think it's kind of a big fuck you to uh, the the Warriors and their fans. Uh, a way to show that you know you, you guys really need me to be the scorer and you know I'll do this other thing to pretend like I I care, but really you know you're gonna want me to be at my best and you're gonna appreciate it. No, to be honest, I, I really think he's he's holding on to that and he's he's gonna bust it out next game I'm sure I mean there, there's no way that he's gonna let let this team go down uh 2-1 because regardless of you know what the outcome is for the Warriors whether they you know win or lose uh in these uh, whether whether they win a championship or uh you know lose early on in this playoffs um Kevin Durant is always going to be on the negative side of things. So if the Warriors lose uh, in the first round, God forbid, people are always going to remember that about Kevin Durant. It's going to be, it's going to tarnish his legacy, regardless of how hard he played in the series. Uh, last point about him. Uh, it, it's surprising that, you know, we haven't gotten him too many shots, uh, especially since he's been guarded by six foot one Patrick Beverly we haven't seen a whole heck of a lot of him flashing from weak side to strong side in the key. Um, we know that he can be, he's a really good catch and shoot player, since, especially since he can rise up over shorter players, shoot over them. And also he's been dominant in the mid range. One thing I'm a little bit curious about is if he's improved his core strength over the past year. I know last year, you know, CP three, especially off of those pick and roll switches, CP three actually gave him a really hard time and got him off, you know, beat him uh, and knocked him off his balance several times, which made it really tough for uh, for Durant to make some of those jumpers. And, and I'm curious if 
And I'm curious to see if that it, maybe that's what Beverly's doing right now. We just don't really see it, which is why Kevin Durant's a little bit out of his comfort zone. So one thing to watch there, um, grand scheme of things, I don't expect the Warriors to be losing this series. You know, James and I had already predicted the Warriors would drop one. Obviously not in this fashion, but uh, we, we did expect at least one loss, uh, if not if not two. We if Even if this goes to, to six games, James and I really wouldn't have been too surprised. All right, so that's it. Uh, before before I sign off, just want to give a quick shout out to Mike Young, who uh, has been an avid uh, Ewang Bang Warrior Wang Bang Wednesday podcast listener. So uh, thanks for being a fan. Thanks for requesting this episode. I originally wasn't going to do it, but um, th- this has been fun. All right, that's it. No outro music. Go Dubs.